Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast starts now. What's up, everyone in the world? Woo! You are listening to Stradio Lab. That's right. Welcome. George, how are you doing? I'm coming out of the rubble. I have dirt and mud all over my face and naked body. I'm wearing a sort of rag uh, uh, skirt Mm -hmm. that I fashioned out of uh, the leftovers of human civilization. I'm in The Last of Us and I'm having a, you know, there's a bottle episode and they're gay Mm -hmm. and I am walking around and I'm Lara Croft and I'm shooting a zombie. Wow, lots of IP. Because that's right, we're coming out of, we are coming out of a (laughs) 40-minute technical difficulty bonanza. Which, honestly, if technology was really where it needs to be, we would have been able to record and release as an episode. If we, if we, and I, you know, I've actually thought about this a lot, that we should not talk about our technical difficulties, because it's sort of like one of those things that's like talking about your dreams, like no one actually wants to hear it, but you think it's interesting. But um, despite that, I think this one is so major that to not address it would be uh, journalistic malpractice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just the fact, like, I actually think 40 minutes of technical difficulties is, like, up there with, like, the longest running technical difficulties someone can have. I would say it is the longest an event of any kind <laughs> can possibly be is 40 minutes. I mean, honestly, if I saw a play that was titled 40 Minutes of Technical Difficulties, I'd be like, I want to see that play. Like, it's, no, it's such true. a significant <laughs> amount of true. time that you're like, there must be some human truth that is uncovered within this 40 minutes. It's like, yes, it's about technical difficulties, but it's about humanity. Of course. I mean, 100%. <laughs> I do wonder if it's one of those things where, you know, everyone thinks they can make a play about a dinner party gone wrong. 
And they're like, oh, my God, genius idea. Dinner party gone wrong. <laughs> and then most of them are actually bad. And I wonder if, you know, it's the sort of uh, sort of narcissistic tendency when you're in the midst of 40 minutes of technical difficulties, you're like, this is about humanity. This is about a chosen family. <laughs> this is about queer life. This is about... It's about trauma. Trauma, neoliberalism, the O'Biden the era. <laughs> um, but, but yet when you see other people having technical difficulties for 40 minutes, you're sort of like, can you pick up the pace? Yeah. Yeah. What's this about, mama? I think you're bringing up a really interesting point, which is that like actually plays about dinner parties are so good when they are good and obviously they're bad so often but it's so yeah. unfair that if i tomorrow were to be like i actually have this amazing new idea yeah it's about a dinner party and people would people would judge me people would say yeah. oh like all those other bad ones and i'd say no like one of the good ones actually <laughs> yeah and it's so unfair that people assume you're writing the bad version of the thing and don't assume oh you're gonna do like one of the good ones well you know what you have to say when you go into that meeting People are going to, you know, it's a dinner party, but it's about class differences. <laughs> and then people are going to throw up from being excited. It's about class differences. And, oh, of course, we address race. <laughs> Needless to say, we address race. <laughs> I thought it was my role to address race. It's an all-white cast, but it's about white guilt. So in that sense, it is about race. <laughs> yeah, because I want to address race, but I want to stay in my lane. So it's about white guilt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're addressing race. We're not like we're not like delving deep oh. into it. We're it, it is being addressed. <laughs> oh, you think white isn't race? Well, that's actually racist. Oh, that's actually racist. Oh, oh, so you think so? You think white's not a race? So you, that's actually <laughs> that's actually so racist to think white is the default and is not raced and classed. That is so. When racist. you realize that white is raced and classed, that means that an all-white play is political. It is radical. <laughs> it is pure satire, raw, uncut satire. Could not be tamed satire. <laughs> And it is saying something very fucking true. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I'm honestly like, I feel it's funny to be like doing the opening thing right now because we've literally been doing quote unquote the opening thing for forty four minutes, and so I have aged my hair. I actually got a haircut right before this, but now I need another haircut because of how long my hair has grown. Yeah, you're looking very like Gandalfy at this point. Like it's all gotten really. Yeah, it's long. actually it's been so long since I've eaten. It's been so long since I've eaten that people are like, "What's your secret?" Yeah, you're gaunt. <laughs> you're snatched. <laughs> people are like, "Is he on Ozempic?" No, actually, I've just have been having technical difficulties for forty minutes. Yeah, you know, I hear a lot of celebrities are actually like having technical difficulties for over forty minutes in order yeah, to lose yes. weight. It's actually. <laughs> Having technical difficulties is like the euphemism in celebrity circles when someone like loses a mysterious amount of weight. They're like, oh my God, what is wrong with her? Well, she was recording a podcast and the mic would not work. Apparently it was 40 minutes. And it's like, oh, well that explains why she looks so good. 40 minutes. And she didn't have access. The fridge was in the other room and she didn't want to unplug the headphones. So she didn't eat for 40 minutes. Oh, well, my God. I sort of think that we can get this dinner party started, in my opinion. I agree, too, because it's... Um, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, well, it's chosen family. It's uh, it's family only. It's all white. <laughs> it's all white, so in that sense, it's about race and class. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think we should definitely start this commentary <laughs> off on the right foot. Yeah, exactly. So... Give it up for Aaron Jackson. Hi. 
Aaron, how did that make you feel? I felt good. You know, the openings are always really hard because you want to jump in with some three points from the uh, from the midpoint of court. Yeah, uh, three pointers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can't. You just have to let that wash over you. Yeah, but I had a lot of. I was a big part of the technical difficulties. Was was me? I was a lot of the journey. I'd say a hundred percent of it. Well, you know, in fact, it wasn't a hundred percent. Well, no, George, it started with George. <laughs> so this is what happened: is I the first ten minutes. The first 10 minutes were me, and I right. felt so guilty because I was like, oh, my God, they are in that Zoom, and my Zoom kept crashing. They're in the Zoom. They're waiting for me, right. and I am being uh, annoying. Aaron has a hard out. Like, he I don't. Came into, he came, <laughs> yeah, as we've learned, he came into our dinner party, and I'm sort of, you know, it's like when you enter a dinner party, and the host is still sort of wearing slippers in the kitchen, and you're like, well, right, right. I did come 20 minutes late to avoid this, but... Uh, and then when I finally did enter the Zoom, I realized, oh, my little Zoom thing was a sideshow for <laughs> the main nothing. event, yeah, I was which so, was Aaron's so, mic not working. George was coming in, you know, whenever he, you know, the satellite would choose to let him in to talk to us <laughs> and, and he'd be frantic and sweating. And the whole time I was telling Sam, like, don't worry, I will have a huge problem. I always do. And it turned out to be true. Well, and I was really, that's okay. That's okay. And but I was like, oh my God, Aaron is being so humble. Like, you know, one of the most <laughs> prolific artists of our generation. And I was like, he is just like trying to make us comfortable. And he's like, yeah, my tech always no, messes no. up. I thought it was like wink, wink. And then it was like, oh no, you're not kidding. Like your tech really does fuck and up. Then, like going to Google and looking for the answers and Google's like, I don't know, girl. <laughs> well, we well, also did this thing. You, you did this thing, which is very sort of astrology adjacent, which is you were like, you know, I'm one of those girls who always yeah. I take my laptop to the Apple store and they say, we've never seen this before. I That's me. I'm always the one where something doesn't mm-hmm. work. I'm like, <laughs> like, it's true though. you're like, I don't know. Like, is that is that a personality trait? Like, can it's that something. be something that comes from within? I don't know. And maybe it's self-fulfilling. But like, yeah. you know, we're trying to go through it. It's like, pull down this thing. It doesn't even say what it's supposed to say. It doesn't yeah. give me the things. No, there it's were crazy. things that were, I would say. It's crazy. It's my yeah. lived experience. It's, yeah. I mean, it is sort of a version of, it's a tech version of Munchausen. Yeah. Where you sort of will it into existence. You think, Mm -hmm. you think, you're like, I'm sick. (laughs) And the doctor's like, you're not, sweetheart. (laughs) And you're like, okay, well then why do I have like a third ear growing out the back of my neck? is it Munchausen when they like keep you sick? To like, No, that is Munchausen by proxy. (laughs) Got it. Yeah, so Munchausen by proxy is like, I have a daughter and I lie to everyone about her being sick. Yeah, yeah. And you're like... Gently, it's Sixth Sense where like she's poisoning her. Sort of. I mean, that yeah, was, that yeah, was yeah. murder. But like, yeah. <laughs> wait, Sixth Sense is not about that. Oh, wait. There's one. Oh. There's one long section where he's like learning oh, yes. to how to deal with dead people, and he goes and helps close their the ghosts' unfinished business. Of, of, course. of course. And it's what's her name from from the OC? It's Misha Barton. Misha Barton. It's Misha, it's Misha Barton. Barton. That's who Haley Joel was helping. Yeah. And then dinner parties, I just wanted to say, I wanted to bring up the play August Osage County. There's a really good dinner party scene in that. Yes, absolutely. The whole thing's a dinner party scene, right? Well, no. Not the whole thing. It's Yeah, I would say it's actually about family, not about a dinner party. Oh. That play. And a dinner party, it's just like within the family, there is a dinner party. I think also every play is like about family. And that's the same thing. Like, I'm about to write a play. Guess what? About family. And the <laughs> yeah. dynamic is complicated. 
The dynamic is complicated. You better believe one of them that escaped to an urban center is going back to the family home. And they got thoughts. I guess Osage County is one of those plays that although it's of course a class, a modern classic, contemporary classic, classic, all I can think of is Meryl in the trailer. Yeah. For the film adaptation. And Julia, I didn't even see the movie, but they, them in those wigs is very like seared into my mind as well. It, <laughs> I mean, it really is. It, it's like, um, it's Meryl being like, and I never wanted to be a mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of her, um, her Big Little Lies season two acting where they're yeah, like, yeah. just go for it, Meryl. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> They sort of, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to say, they sort of stopped directing Meryl around 2007. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, she's getting carte blanche. Yeah. (laughs) Meryl Unleashed. Um. Yeah. And actually carte blanche is also the name of my all white dinner party play. (laughs) A la carte blanche. A la carte blanche. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Wow. wow. Well, my technical difficulty was that my upstairs neighbor kind of throwback started playing guitar really loud. And while you guys were sort of riffing oh. it up, <laughs> Sam, I had to text him. You have his number. At this point, Sam? Yeah, we text. That is the least of our worries. <laughs> yeah, honey. <laughs> honey. Honey, at least that'll give us a soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what would I give? What would I give? What would I give? <laughs> Um, what would I give? <laughs> Welcome to show. What Would I Give? The new game show. <laughs> I'm like, okay, SNL is um, uh, calling right now. They're like, can we have that? SNL is quaking. <laughs> I'm putting it in my packet. Hold on. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Okay. So I have a story, which is that my dad made the craziest joke. Okay. Okay, I'm listening. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, we have to now. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I was sort of, I was sort of planning on leading with this, and then we got carried away. So I was, we were talking in the family chat, and I and I, a friend of mine from high school, she's marrying someone, she's engaged, she has a fiance, and my dad was like, "What does he do?" And then my mom was like, "He works at the grocery store." And my dad was like, "What does he do at the grocery store?" And my mom was like, "I don't know, stock shelves." So then my dad goes. <laughs> So would you say he's shelf employed? Oh my oh god. Oh my god. That's genius. And I was like That's incredible. That is the funniest thing I've literally ever heard. That's like from the joke like 1001 jokes. It, it, literally and also talk about commentary on class. Like to sort of yeah. turn that on its head. He works at the grocery store stocking shelves. Oh, so he's shelf employed. That's Something really that good. you know, a sort of a rich entrepreneur would. That's say. an amazing thing to say. I'm like, okay. Is he retired? How do you have time to think of these kind of clever quips? He is, he's actually a real, he's actually um, Adam Sandler. He's a really funny Oh, congrats, by (laughs) the way. That's awesome. That's awesome. I knew you were a Nepo baby. Yeah, Uh, I'm I'm one of the classic Nepo babies. Um, Well, that must be like really hard. Uh, Your dad making really incredible jokes. I bet that's a lot of pressure on you. Oh my God. Can I actually tell you something? So I, as Sam knows, uh, I did a show recently where I 
it was a small, sparsely attended show. I did not do especially well. It was one of those down to earth, back to earth moments where yeah. you're like, Grounding. well, you know, day to day, day to day, of course, I think of myself as one of the top celebrities globally. <laughs> yes. But then often, you know, you'll do one of these small shows and you'll it'll bring you right back to uh, early days, as they say on Love yeah, Island. Early days. And um, I was not getting a lot of laughs. And I did something which truly, I mean, talk about a sign of desperation is I was just like, I need to say anything. And I, this was the day that my dad texted this joke. So I was like, I was like, you know what? Here's an idea. I'm going to do a sort of joke where the bit is that I am upset my dad is funnier than I am. Yeah. And so I'm going to tell this story about the joke my dad told. I tell that joke the way it gets the only laugh of my set. <laughs> Wow. wow. So he was. He really, he ate. Cannot be overstated. He really, he ate. He ate. Uh, <laughs> and I did attribute it to him. So I, you know, you can't say that I stole jokes like some people we know. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then after the show, someone came up to me and was like, literally just talking to me about how good my dad's joke was. She was just like, you know what I loved about your dad's joke? Like X, Y, Z. And then she didn't say anything about the rest of my set. <laughs> wow. Wow. Bring, being brought down to earth like that is cruel. I actually think when you have a successful podcast, and yeah, we're, we have a yeah. successful podcast, sweetheart. I mean, there's no way around it. Completely. <laughs> um, I think you should never be allowed to do a bad show ever again, actually. Yeah. I know. It's so weird when to bomb. <laughs> it's like, why? It is, it's why strange. am I bombing? <laughs> What's going on? It's like I speak with authority constantly. Like, I, I don't think this fits in with my narrative. Yeah. Uh, like, a lot of times if it is, like, one of those sparsely attended and, you know, you're in, like, a very bad room. Like, the room is actually, like, a, a pinball arcade or something. You're like, nobody yes. could kill. Like, th this, of course, I'm bombing. But when it's just, like, good old-fashioned a theater and you're right on yeah. there and you're like, okay, well, this, something's up. <laughs> I don't bomb anymore. But then the other thing, oh God, yes. No, 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 of course, 100%. And uh, I, I have so much to say about this. I wonder if talking about stand-up is, if, if our listeners it's care. I, it's classist. It's classist, of course, because not everyone is a comedian, a.k.a. wealthy. So, but, but what I wanted to say is, um, the other thing with, you know, doing one of these shows that is in one of those rooms, which as you say, is like impossible. You're like, there's yeah. no way anyone is going to do well. I have just seen three people in a row do poorly. And right. by the way, this is no longer about the specifics of this show. If anyone's listening, I love the two people that hosted it. It's not about them. This is just a general. Uh, and what a beautiful uh, room comment. that room is. And what a beautiful room that was. <laughs> and I'm actually getting married there <laughs> tomorrow. Congrats. And everyone's Congrats. invited. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and to and to, yeah, just to add to that, the people that host that show, I just want to say thank you. Yes, no one thanks hosts. I want to say thank you for creating <laughs> yes, space. and I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you for having me. Right. Um, I look forward to potentially getting Venmoed for the money that they raised mm. via bucket. So <laughs> via bucket. Basically, my point is, sometimes you'll do one of these shows, and it'll be like. Person after person bombing, you're like, all right, I just have to basically put in my time. I know I'm right. going to go up there. I know I'm going to bomb, but I'm going to do it like a champ. I'm not going to be annoying on stage and be like, wow, you guys really hate me. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do my set and leave. But then what happens sometimes is suddenly someone goes up and actually does do well. And then that's, and then that that's hurts. really dark. And then you're like, oh, I see. That's a pro. Like this is, and that's when you brainwash, you gaslight yourself. 
into thinking actually what comedy is quote unquote all about is killing <laughs> in bad rooms. No. Oh wow. That's so you not know what, what I it's mean? about. I there was actually That's a different scale. There was a period in my life where I was the person that was good in those rooms and it was like not a proud moment because it was like I was like training myself only for those rooms and it was like yeah. you need to stop. <laughs> yes. And can I tell you, <laughs> you something? <just> Same. <laughs> like you need to think a little bit bigger. Imagine the room is half full like <laughs> yeah let's let's try to imagine a better world because then i would do like crowded shows and i would bomb because i wouldn't know how to like yeah. speak more general like to the audience i would literally point two people you needed like awkward turtle vibes you needed crickets <laughs> yeah. chirping i needed, needed literally that, awkward like... turtle vibes to succeed and i needed like for everyone else to be failing for me to come up and crush and then it was like yeah no yeah, no, yeah. no 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 You're no like no. i must go forth i have to go forth <laughs> <laughs> i need three people to fail um yeah Oh God! I used to I used to tour with improv of all things, and you would tr- and like on the same tour, like one night you'd be in a theater that was like eight hundred people sold out. They're all happy to be there. You like absolutely murder, destroy, and then the next day you're truly in a burger restaurant, like in front of a hockey game, and everyone is like visibly angry <laughs> that you're even there. And you're like, huh? <laughs> yeah, something people don't realize, like. <laughs> The concept of a uh, ambush show. Oh, I think the average listener might not understand what that means. Truly. What that means is that someone starts, quote unquote, starts a show, a show that has a lineup every week, like a stand-up comedy show that has a lineup every week that they promote on Instagram or in the olden days, Facebook, mm. that they, you know. Or the paper. Send a, or the paper. <laughs> they send it around to the, the list. Time free and York. cheap in New York. Time out New York. <laughs> yeah. Free and cheap in New York. What's the other one that's like the list? Or what is oh, it called? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know oh, what I mean. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Anyway. And so you're, you know, let's say you're booked on the show, you're a comedian, you show up, you're like, okay, like, where's the back room where we're going to do this show? <laughs> Honey, come to find out, there is no back room. It is simply yeah. a bar where people are there on dates, on work drink events, to have having fun. a birthday party, to have fun, having a drink by you themselves. Have to watch a fucking show. And the premise is simply that the show just starts. It's a nightmare. Yeah. And it is a double uh, sort of um mental illness of A everyone loses. Everyone loses, of course. <laughs> A thinking it's okay to do that. I'm talking now as, oh, as yeah. the person starting A thinking it's okay to do that. And B actually treating the patrons like they're heckling you and mm-hmm. being like, can you guys be quiet? There's a show going on. And, and so they're like, like I'm well, just at a bar. <laughs> I'm just at a bar. <laughs> I feel that way. You know who you know what community has this illness? in spades is the drag community oh because you my will fully god be at a gay bar and then like suddenly you're in a drag show and the queen of course wants you to watch the show but you're like i am so not in the mood to watch a show yeah i, I love drag honey no. i go every night of the week <laughs> but there are sometimes where you're just wanting to have a drink and talk with your friends and you're like fuck we're in a drag show and then they are they are mad at you you are like now forced it's like let's leave yeah. And that, that community has that illness. <laughs> yes. The queen, while performing, will give, be giving you a dirty look. Yeah. While also <laughs> just being like, 
and I am telling you, yes. fuck you. Yeah. you know, just like, they also have a thing where like, even if you're there to watch the show, if you get up to piss, the, a queen must be like, oh, where's he going? Oh, oh to suck a cock. And you're just like, <laughs> I, I'm just, like, I'm coming back. This is, this is a 90 minute show. I'm, I'm drinking alcohol. I have to pee. Yeah. Much like stand-up, it's also part of drag culture. So it's almost like yeah. you have to be okay with it because, of course, a queen is going to be a little bitchy, right? And and of course, a comedian is going to be is going to shut down a heckler. <laughs> one time, I literally go viral doing it. <laughs> go viral doing it, of course, for the likes. <laughs> well, I one time literally went into a famed gay bar, Metropolitan, and it was like uh, a Wednesday evening and there was like an experimental drag show happening. And I see it's like pretty well attended and people are paying attention. And so I'm like meeting someone in the backyard and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to rush through this and like try not to make a scene and like let the show go on. And of course, I'm like speed walking through trying to make as little waves as possible. And the queen starts like chasing me and doing like a like... <laughs> Like thing with her and, hands, and puts you on a cross, <laughs> nails you to wood. Literally, is like making fun, making of fun of me walking quickly, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god! Like I'm actively trying to be respectful. I'm just meeting someone for a drink, like <laughs> performer to performer, girl. It's I'm like part of your tribe, babe. <laughs> I'm part of your tribe and I could fucking <laughs> lift you up with one retweet. I swear to God, I could change your life with a single <laughs> quote tweet and you are disrespecting me. I'll never share your story. Know that. Know that, Miss Legend. Know that. Know that. <laughs> I could change your fucking life. Slay. <laughs> the tension between a, an LGBT performer and an LGBT audience member. Uh, yeah. Can be cut with a butter knife because yes. basically every every audience member is like it should be me up there, and every <laughs> performer is like fuck you to everyone watching. Why does no one want to fuck me? <laughs> there, yes, exactly. There is no solidarity between audience member and performer. This is literally, you know, like Gay Bachelor, where it's like it, they try to do Gay Bachelor, and it's like well, there's the gay guy, and yeah. all the gay guys are competing for the gay guy. No, it's like it doesn't work because no. there's no difference. Like the gay guys can just yeah. become anyone can become the bachelor by just being horny in that moment they need to do more like they need to rethink that gay bachelor show and do it more like bachelor in paradise where it's like you can get voted off at all times for like not yeah. being in a couple like that is such a better idea for it because it's like that you cannot just have one guy and have a bunch of other guys be like i don't like him and the person voting anyone off should be like kylie minogue like it has to be not <laughs> yes, it has to be yes. a completely different Dua it can't Lipa. there's yeah, it has to be Dua Lipa. <laughs> no i would love it if like the moment you became unhorny you got kicked off the show oh yeah it was yeah, like yeah. <laughs> It's like, That's no, no, really no, good. it's Horny Island. You have to be You're horny You're constantly edging. <laughs> You're like, I can't come. Otherwise, I'll get kicked off. Oh, my God. It's literally called Edging Island. <laughs> oh, my God. This and it's good. always the the last. Okay, should it be the last person who came or the person who hasn't come the longest gets voted off? <laughs> That's really hard. That's really hard. <laughs> Because it's like, how do you test if they're not horny? They have to do challenges to prove they're horny. Like, they release a bunch of <laughs> wet men <laughs> to wrestle them. Prove that you're horny. Only a horny person would know what to do with this. And it's like, just an object. <laughs> yeah, and then it's at the end when they're eliminating them, it's like, Brayden, you have been soft the whole time. <laughs> yeah. 
And he's like, I'm more of a bottom. Take that flaccid <laughs> cock back to Indiana. And Braden was a fan favorite. That's what was so sad. Oh my That's God, so of sad. course he was. <laughs> of course he was, because guess what? The audience at home doesn't want to sexualize. Yeah. No. So they liked the soft one. Yeah. They liked the soft one. But they need to be taught a lesson that this show is sex positive and horny positive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sex positive. <laughs> Okay. Well, um, all right. Well, damn. call Hulu, I well, guess. I can't believe we like talked shop. We talked oh, about I know. I know. I think it's it's obviously gauche and tasteless and shameful and no, no. But I think it's so powerful to sometimes actually acknowledge that we are comedians. I agree. Um, <laughs> one time. <laughs> oh my god. Even to ourselves. Even to ourselves. George, I don't. The coffee's hitting right today. I, I'm, I'm mile a minute right now. Um. <laughs> We were out to drinks recently mm-hmm. with two dear mm-hmm, friends mm-hmm. who will be on the po- return to the podcast in like a week or two. Congrats. Uh, oh my God. Yes. Wait, I know exactly what you're about and to say. And we yes. were out and this girl came up to us <laughs> and she was like, pointed to the two guests and was like, oh, you guys are comedians, right? And they were like, yeah. And then she pointed to us and was like, and you guys are podcasters, right? And uh, my jaw, I literally left and was sad. I was like, sad. <laughs> I just want to say, Sam is not exaggerating or editorializing. That was word wow. for word what was said. And you then, guys are but, but then, podcasters. Sam, you you missed the final part of that, which is she's like, you guys are comedians, right? They're like, yeah, you guys are podcasters, right? We're like, yeah. And then she goes, well, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> It was like not it, w- it at no point was She wasn't like I think you're funny. Did she say like I I'm a fan, I love your work or like I've listened to it, the comedians it, either? Did she was she complimentary either, Yeah, either. No. That's so weird. She just wanted us to know that we were being watched. She was literally like just know that it, I know you. That's very like ugh, it's sick. Well, it's also strange because then you're like so then how do you did you pass by? Maybe she was at a bar where one of a, one of us was at one of these shows, and she left immediately. But did clock that we were on stage? <laughs> well, that's the, so weird. The implication is then that she did see us and has listened to us and just didn't really like it that much. I think that's what yeah. the takeaway is. But she told you to keep going, <laughs> right? So that's really nice. She's like, work on it, babes. Yeah, keep up the work. Oh God, I want to talk shit right now so bad. Oh, I can't. Please, is there a way to do it where we can bleep <laughs> out names? No, it's just like it's just like so many names. <laughs> it would just be like okay for four minutes. Replace the names with like celebrities. Oh my oh, god! No, it'd be really it'd be it's just hard. Oh. It's hard to t- get this. Okay, fine. Wait, uh, another thing that happened to all of us, the three of us, we were also with. Um, comedian and non-podcaster Josh Sharp in LA <laughs> and we were all there for all four of us were there having drinks after work and then was it the woman that came up to us no no the guy the, the guy the gay friend the gay friend comes yes that's it the gay friend comes up to us and he's like hey and we totally thought he was about to do something like that like are you guys comedians or, or something and then oh I thought he was gonna hit on us not to be conceited oh I truly thought he was gonna be like what you know like a podcast oh I see fan. yeah, yeah, one, yeah, of yeah. The, one of those um I've heard, yeah I heard of them <laughs> <laughs> um, but what did he say to to Josh well he said to Josh he was like are you single and Josh was like right right no 
But then it became clear, the twist was, that he was coming on behalf of his straight woman friend to ask Josh out heterosexually. He was wingmanning heterosexual. He was was a gay man wingmanning a straight woman going to a group of a group of gay guys. That, I'm gay sorry. Guys. The vibe was literally. The like, vibe was so gay. <laughs> the vibe was so gay. We all had our legs crossed around our our yes. our our other leg, literally like five times each. We, we were like Miss Elastic. But feather boas, half in and half out of our <laughs> feather boas. We looked like Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Styles in Paris is burning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Each of us had a full look from the Gucci lookbook, head to toe. <laughs> And we were just going around being like, when was the last time you sucked cock? Yesterday, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. this morning, you, just now in the bathroom, mama. <laughs> mama girl. Um, I just couldn't believe it. And then that he, and then it was like, does he think we're all straight? Or is jo- like, is it like Josh is clearly out with his three gay brothers. His three gay friends. And that's right. And that's how we know he's like sensitive. Three gay identical brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. But really also funny. the fact that it was like, it's one thing for a, a woman, let's say to, let's say a woman who doesn't have a lot of gay friends to misinterpret. Of course. But for the gay guy, th- this is it. a gay guy who is l- looking at us all night and he's like yeah. eyeing us and he's like, which one is right for Marcy? <laughs> and he's like, that one. As we are literally like, our wrists are literally yes. double jointed oh. the way yeah. they are moving up and We're down like and flopping, flopping. The strings yes. dropped. So gay and <laughs> like Pinocchio. We're all puppets. <laughs> I would Very love if the reveal was that, like, actually he is straight and we all are just assuming that he is gay. But actually, he's like, no, no he... straight guys can be really effeminate too, you know? Like, just like you guys. Like, <laughs> that... I'm straight like you guys. <laughs> just that's like tea. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. Maybe he was wow. I mean, really every... flamey straight guy. <laughs> you know, that's one of the big differences between New York and LA. In New York, gay guys exist. (laughs) In L.A., they don't. (laughs) Well, in L.A., yeah. In L.A., weirdly, gay guys are straight. Yeah. And straight guys are gay. There's a weird thing going on there. It's like Europe. You just can't tell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so different. The rules are off. It's so different. Yeah, Europe Europe without the burden of all the museums. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello. Wow, the burden. Yeah. Europe from the the back of an Uber. The burden of intellectualism. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, no. They have the bro. Yeah, which... They have the Academy Museum. Yeah, you can touch Judy Garland's Oscar. (laughs) Her juvenile Oscar. Her juvenile Oscar. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, she was a child. She won a smaller Oscar, and it was like, best juvenile performance for The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know they had those. They don't anymore. (laughs) And then then when they force-fed her pills, they would hit her over the head with it. Wow. Wow. Well... Ooh. Huh, dark. Sorry. Okay, so our first segment is called Straight Shooters. <laughs> I can't believe we went there with Judy Garland. I can't Garland. believe we went there. Sorry. Yeah. That was wild. I'm, I want to. I do want to apologize to our listeners. We, You come to this podcast to hear something specifically that does not go there. Mm. And that, that has been one of the central tenets of this podcast is that we do not go there. And I think we have failed in our mission. Yeah. Sorry we let our guard down for a single second. Yeah, it's not who we are. We were probably talking about Judy Garland's juvenile Oscar when that guy came up and tried to ask if we were straight. (laughs) Yeah, he was like like eavesdropping and he was like, Judy Garland juvenile Oscar. Okay, he's straight. He's straight. He's super straight. That's a straight. He's going to pound my girl out. (laughs) 
Well, it was also funny because he was like, are you single? And then Josh was like, no. And then we all at the same time were like, we're all both partnered and gay. And he was like, got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> wow. Wow. And it just goes to show you, you know, you can be out and you can think that you're being gay, but you can always gay it up more. <laughs> <laughs> That's the lesson. That's the lesson. Yeah, we think we're living out loud, but actually we're still in the closet in many ways. Humiliated, yeah. ashamed. <laughs> it's, yeah, whatever. It's insane. We should do our first segment. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, we're, yeah, by the way, we're all offended. And that was not like a fun story. We are we are deeply angry about it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. And we, and we <laughs> are clear. in the process of a major lawsuit <laughs> with both the city of Los Angeles and that one gay. I'm actually surprised that... And even the... No, go for it. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. No, it's too gone. It, it's awesome, but it's gone. <laughs> no, say it. Were you going to say even the bar? I was going to or... say even the guy's girlfriend. Oh, even yeah. Well, she's she's suspect number one in <laughs> yeah. this case. <laughs> I'm worried about her taste. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, so I have to litigate. Oh, you're worried about her taste because she was attracted to your comedy partner, Josh? No, Interesting. Uh, oh, my God. Of course not. Um, It was that she would be into any of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely definitely is like she needs to do some internal work she needs to like it's yeah. like she's like no guys ever into me and it's like no girl every guy you think is straight is like literally the gayest person on earth like yeah you're literally hitting on troy Savon. Yeah. like <laughs> let's go back to the drawing board oh uh, troy Troy's troy then i don't know he'll be back though Maybe he'll, he'll come back, back as I'm a bear way. yeah he'll be back on an upcoming episode of stradio lab <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Stradio. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress. 
30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's do our first segment. Okay, Aaron, our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we test your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by asking you a series of rapid fire questions where you have to choose this thing or that thing. And none of them make any sense. And the Mm -hmm. one rule is you can't ask any follow up questions. Okay, great. Okay, I'm prepared. Aaron, Sam, take it away. Aaron, a half pipe, a quarter pounder, or an eighth. Um, a half pipe. Aaron, <laughs> happy birthday, Mr. President, or you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Ooh, I think you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Aaron, <laughs> if you know, you know, or how low can you go? Mm. How low can you go? Mm. Aaron, <laughs> the boy who cried wolf, mm. or this girl is on fire? Mm. Um, this girl is on fire. Aaron, slip and slide, wet and wild, mm-hmm. or hot and heavy? Um, um, wet and wild. Oh. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> I need you to pay attention to this one. Okay. Being the bassist for Nirvana or being a racist at the sauna? <laughs> <laughs> being the bassist for Nirvana. <laughs> Okay, Aaron, <laughs> Doctor Who, Professor what? Or Officer, huh? <laughs> I say Officer, huh? <laughs> and finally, Aaron, Angela Bassett did the thing or Viola Davis, my woman king? <laughs> Viola Davis, my woman king. Slay. 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 Wait, so uh, now, can I ask a follow-up question now that it's done? No, because we have not scored you yet. And I think that you get a score of 932 doves out of 1,000. So true. Doves. Yeah. Okay, now you can ask a question. Well, I was just, I guess I was just wondering. So I was picking to me what I thought the straightest answer was. Hmm. Yeah. Is that what I was supposed to do? Well, so obviously you're thinking about it wrong. (laughs) This is a... This is a test. It's sort of like, um, it, it's about how someone approaches it rather uh-huh. than any sort of rules. Gotcha. So we want to see confidence. We want to see playfulness. We want to see 
um, evolution from the first to the last question. Definitely. Um, We want to see a narrative and we Mm -hmm. also want to see someone make their own rules, develop them, adhere to a certain consistency and then break them. Yeah, you got to break the form. Yeah. Hello. And, you know, a lot of, I'll say it, these comedy types, they come in here and they're like, oh, how can I win? You know, oh, how can I be yeah, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's Competitive. not. Yeah. How can I get on a list? Yeah. yeah it's like, exactly. is Vulture yeah, listening? Is Vulture here? Yeah. Is Vulture yeah. here? <laughs> and it's like, no, that's, you're completely missing the point if that is the case. And honestly, it makes me sad. It makes me question sort of all the artistic choices you've made leading up to this moment. Totally. Yeah, they've been brainwashed <laughs> by, uh, you know, just for laughs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. You know, they think they're going to get new faces. Yeah. And what we're looking for is interesting faces. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or even old ones. Or even old ones. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also the difference between uh, playing a game, uh-huh. you know, and, and and having a performance. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, it, it's... Uh, I think I'm going to say, it's the difference between playing a game and being played by the game. Oh, oh. No, that's See, no, not you're right. still thinking about it I'm in a capitalist yes. way. <laughs> yeah, something about that seems wrong. It's very calculated. I'm I'm coming at this like a villain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Shoot. Dang it. Dang. Aaron, I sort of am I'm I'm very interested in the topic that you brought in because oh. I have resisted I have resisted asking uh, you know, call back to the concept of follow-up questions. I resisted asking a follow-up question when you mentioned what it was. And I just sort of mm. trusted you that it's going to be a slay and a half. Well, I, I'm sure it won't. Well, before you introduce <laughs> it, I want to say something. Well, not with that attitude. Something that I thought was funny. <laughs> something that I thought was funny about this topic is that before you said it, you were like, well, people have probably already done this. And <laughs> <Yes>. I, <laughs> <laughs> for you to think this is obvious so yeah i was sort of like oh is it gonna be baseball or wedding <laughs> yeah, i was like oh is he gonna baseball. say like frats <laughs> and it's like okay fraternities fraternities right you have to now say what the topic is please okay so my subject my uh subject about straight culture is um straight couples weaponizing oral sex. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I brought to the table. So to me already, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, a Valentine's Day gift that's like one free blowjob. Or yes. a sort of like, well, on his birthday, I that's exactly it. It's um, yes, it's very like I'll hang out with good straight friends that are in long-term relationships and people will be like, they'll say something like, Oh, it's his birthday's coming up. He's going to want a blowjob. I have to give him one. And I'm like, you only give one blowjob a year. Yeah. That is very shocking to me. And then that it is a, and it is a gift (laughs) that you give. And it fully like, I hate this. Yeah, I don't this. want to do this. And, and for that to not be for that to not be a turnoff for the man, I know. But then he's like, for the man to be like, once a you year. gotta, <laughs> I gotta do. But and, the, and then also, I do believe women, and they should like, um, they, I think they get oral sex a lot, like before sex, like a warm up, because it's yeah. you know like preparation. They receive oral, yeah, sex they receive before, oral okay. sex yes. before, yes. um, like penetrative vaginal uh-huh, sex. Of course, of course. And I do think that um, some men like to give it to them, but I think sometimes it is like I have to give her the oral sex so then I can have the penetrative. So even that right. is like a uh, it's all it's always a it's always a weapon. It's all it feels like 
nobody is wanting to do it. I know that's not true. I know there are people, parties on both sides that love oral sex in the straight world, but I was, I'm surprised by how I find that to be common. And oral sex is like a thing for them that I find, I find so straight. Mm -hmm. I I feel Mm -hmm. like gay people don't have that. There are gay people that are like, I don't care about oral sex, but it's it's never like weaponized, I feel like. Well, also, uh, oral sex is part of this very straight concept of foreplay, mm-hmm. which is like, it would never occur to me to delineate between foreplay and the main event. And play. It's like, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, it's like, they're there all the are, same thing. Sometimes you do one thing, then you right. do the other, then you go back to the first thing. Sometimes you only do the first thing, sometimes you only do the second thing. It's not necessarily always the best when you do the most things or totally. when you, or it's like, I'm not skipping something because I, uh, you know, it's just like sometimes I'm in the mood for one thing, sometimes I'm in the mood for another Completely. thing. But there is a sort of it's like, well, okay, is everyone in their places? Action. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it's like, so is it always the same? I do feel like porn, it, it, uh, it like starts a lot as like making out, and then it's yes. like we trade blowjobs, or just the top gets a blowjob, and then mm-hmm. the top eat, <laughs> yes. like eats the bottom out, and then there's anal, and like that's how it goes. But it's like that's not right. how sex. Always, it's not always that narrative. Yeah. And oral sex to me is sex, but not like I don't understand like third base. Like oral is third base, and then the home run is penetrated. Like oh my god, the bases. Uh, okay, wait. So what are the bases? First base, base is, is feeling up, making out. I think that's second base. I think yes. yeah, I think first base is kissing. First base is oh, kissing. kissing. Then then feeling up, feeling up, and potentially yeah, that, a hand wow. moment. Oh, yeah. oh hand <laughs> moment. Like, hand moment. <laughs> I like the idea of Sam. ASL. <laughs> Sam being um you know or me or someone being a, a closeted teenager and trying to get a hand drop from a girl and being like, how about a hand moment? <laughs> Should we do a moment with the hand? <laughs> Should we do a hand moment? Maybe we could start with a hand moment and move it up, move it down. <laughs> yeah, I think at, at second base being a hand moment is more advanced. That's more like okay. adult. Mm. But I think like when you're so you're calling me a whore. <laughs> no, I just think it's more like adult. I think when like kid. <laughs> In high school, I think just boobs is like second base, touching boobs. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah, touching boobs. Then oral, then oral, then penetrative, okay. and then home run. Of course, is penetrative. Yeah, <laughs> penetrative. yeah. home run. Home and then I run guess is a grand slam group. That's when you've done groups. Oh uh, yeah. Now yeah. we're getting adult. Now we're getting adult. Huh? Now we're getting adult. So. Wait, I have a sort of uh, small addition to the straight oral sex conversation, which is there is a famous, or to me famous, storyline in The Sopranos where there's this guy. Do you know what I'm going to say, Sam? This guy, like, likes going down on women. He is Mm -hmm. a straight man who likes going down on women. And, like, one of the women he was with, like, spills the tea to someone. And so then there is this, like, rumor that, oh, he he even likes going down on women. And that's, like, a gay thing. So it's literally, like, it's the, the idea that you would want to pleasure a woman is, like, what are you, a fag? Yeah, and yeah. And that's, like, the entire... And someone ends up being murdered because of this, because he is so <laughs> humiliated. Well, um, to your Sopranos point... Um, Yes. Uh, notable Italian Nick Nanny. He, I was asking him about that plot line because I was like, "There's like, that's not real, right?" And he was like, "No, like older guys, like people, like my uncles would like be like, it's gay to eat pussy." Like, and I was like, "Oh, a hundred percent. That is crazy. A hundred percent. That's what I. Mean. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's weaponized. <laughs> it's like oral is so weird for them in a way that like 
penetrative is that? No, it's like, oh, you're going down on a woman? What are you, what, what are you friends with a woman? Or are you Will and Grace? Yeah. So you don't yeah. want to fuck her. So you don't want to fuck her. <laughs> oh, what are you, Stanford Blatch from Sex and the City? So you're literally buried in her genitals and you're gay now? Like, this is like so what, oh, oh, what, is she your diva? Oh, is she your, is she the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, is she the pop star you like the most? Is she your Dua Lipa? Yeah, do you yeah. stand her Are you her awarding her the juvenile Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> are you feeding her pills? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, okay. Yeah. A few, one, I think it's, it's like, you know, gay people don't like put penetrative ads, like the number one thing always, you know, some do, mm-hmm. but a lot don't. So there's yes, like, yes. so that is like, I wear straight people that is sex and for, you know, some have progressed to not think of that as the, the only kind of sex, but a lot a don't. <laughs> a couple. <laughs> and so we have that. Um, I was going to say, there's something about, you know how I like to appropriate street culture sometimes, and I can find it erotic, and it can be kind of fun. There's something a little bit hot about the weaponizing of oral sex, where it's like, it's almost like a role-playing, like, the idea of, like, giving the gift of sex is, like, very kind of hot to me. Well, I think there's, like, weirdly, like, gay kink, like... Like, um, I'm thinking, and I guess straight people do this too, but I'm just not as much a part of their culture, but like, like chastity cages on like a dick where you're like, you're not allowed to come. Like you're my, like, I'll I'll tell you when you can come faggot, you know, and that feels like that, that feels like sex to me as well. But, but you're not like, um, I won't get, I'll only give you a blowjob on your birthday. It's like, I'll never give you a blowjob. <laughs> and that makes you horny, doesn't it? And that yeah. makes you, but that's the thing is that that makes you horny. Yeah. But with, with the straight joke. example, it's not like that guy is like thinking about it all year long, turned on like, oh yeah, not yeah, getting yeah, a, yeah. one tonight either. Right. <laughs> yeah. If straight people yeah. were on Horny Island, uh, Edging Island, they would oh, all get eliminated God. very quickly. Bad TV. <laughs> Wait, Edging Island really is genius because it's really it good. is re it's reformulating like the priorities. It is right. The, the the thing with all these like gay versions of straight shows is that they are inherently much like gay marriage, <laughs> attempting to emulate something that is meant for straight people. <laughs> and the thing with this is that you're like, is that you're like, okay, what are gay? let's what are gay val- gay trashy values like in the same way that straight trashy values are like you know women falling over themselves drunk to uh you know go on a date with someone who works in advertising <laughs> then what are like gay trashy values and it's like well everyone being horny and taking their cocks out yeah so if you just reform it as like rather than trying to get a date with someone, it's about whether you're hard or soft. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that being like the only the only way to tell if someone's horny. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, your dick's not hard. <laughs> get off the damn island. They're like, I'm I'm more of a bottom. <laughs> well, sorry, sweets. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sweetie. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, that's what someone unhorny would say. You're eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> It's Dua Lipa. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's Dua Lipa. Oh. <laughs> uh, edging Island. Edging Island. So, Aaron, you've never weaponized um, oral sex? I know. I think so. I'm happy to give or receive it almost at any time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> so to recap, like <laughs> in this world, it's like women hate or hate giving oral sex and do it yeah. once a year as a gift. Right. Men see nothing wrong with that and are like, yeah, do it. I know you don't like it. Right. Like, I know you hate this, but it's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and then men either give oral sex because for, for uh, self-serving ends because yeah, of what it, it will lead to. Or if they like doing it, they're gay. Shame. Yeah. Yeah. Gay gay panic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like, well, you sort of understand how um, how we got Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you run the numbers. When you run you're the like, numbers. Well, this is not this is not a healthy electorate by no, any means. They're yeah. not getting blown or eaten out to the extent that they <laughs> biologically need to. Um. Yeah. I <laughs> and they're not doing it with gusto. That's for damn sure. No. no. Yeah. Perfunctory oral. That's really sad. Yeah. Perfunctory oral is really sad. You're like, let's just let's call it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to be here. Yeah. If you're not gonna have fun with it, then like, don't do it at all. It's like skip it. Skip it. Like it's like going to a restaurant. Like if you're gonna be cranky at the fucking fanciest restaurant and like not order a drink or like yeah. not get an appetizer like don't go like <laughs> yeah is there for yeah. just an entree if you're literally just <laughs> the getting fanciest restaurant? if you're at the fanciest restaurant and you're ordering a burger and you're like i don't know i'll have the burger and like that's it like just don't go to the restaurant yeah that's fine stay at home stay at home eat dust jerk off <laughs> pig jerk off pig. jerk off pig <laughs> i'll allow it tonight <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i guess it is funny how to sam's point about like fetishizing almost like the depressing parts of straight uh, sex mm -hmm. like oh i can think of other things where it's like a classic scene in a movie in like an indie sundance movie where you're supposed to be like oh these people are fucked is like a wife sleeping and a guy silently jerking off like next to her that's like yes oh no this is grim. The marriage is over. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then if it's a gay couple, it's like, oh, hot. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is <laughs> yeah. really sexy. What the hell is going on? It's it's like the end of the movie. It's like really sweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Happily ever after. <laughs> That's how bros should have ended. Oh yeah. That's true. <laughs> wow. Wow. Amazing. 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 Um, I mean... Amazing. I'm trying to think if there's any other angle to weaponized oral sex that we're missing. Let's see. <sighs> you mean like using it like, you, like actually as a weapon, like a mass shooter, but it's oral. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that's I, what I, you I mean? mean? That's, that's how Edging Island. <laughs> that's ends. what you said. <laughs> it's like, instead of like, like there's like a, a challenge where like somebody. <laughs> Who's like really good at oral sex is on the island. It's completely insatiable. Bottomless throat. <laughs> Wait, finish that. Finish that challenge. Sam. So, so how I'm does it imagining end? like a someone who's I'm insatiable? Imagine like a swiper, no swiping. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, you have Little to like shoo them away, and you're so horny, but you have to literally be like, get out of here, no, get out. Yeah, well, it's sort of like a first person shooter, a first person shooter video game, but it's like a, a cock, and it's going around, and it has to get as in as many mouths as possible. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe. 
because I was gonna say like if you're if you're the if you're the dick in the situation and and the throat is the challenge, you just are not supposed to come. You're supposed to like take as much oral as you can forever. <laughs> And then you're like, I'm still horny. Or is it that there's like an ever hard cock and you all have right. to be the cocksucker? And you're like, I could I could suck this dick forever. It's really hard to know. And edging really, out. Yeah. yeah and actually that's what the challenge, that's what the challenge is called. Hard to know. <laughs> wow. Wow. Swipe or no swiping. <laughs> oral, no oraling. <laughs> I'm almost imagining it like throat throat or no throat. <laughs> yeah, throat or no throat. Dua Lipa's gonna have a field day with that one when she introduces it. Throat and no throating. She's British. Right? Yeah. <laughs> she like does it out of the. She does it just because she loves the gig. She's getting paid nothing. She does it out of the kindness <laughs> yeah. of her heart. It's volunteer. She's like I love my gay fans. <laughs> Today, like all uh, days, you will be very horny. <laughs> Wait, they must have made a show like back in the highlight or like a porn parody of like America's Next Top Bottom. Like they must have done that. Oh, right? I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. You have to believe it. You have to. Otherwise, I mean, too, I mean was it on. too hot to handle? Is that the one where like you actually did get kicked off the island if you had sex? Like they actually have gotten pretty they're, close to this show already. Yeah. They, or like the one that was really old. Like back in the early Survivor days, like reality TV, very new. I think was wasn't there one called Temptation Island, and it was like sure. you went with your spouse or your partner or whatever, and then like a hot like girl or boy came and like tried to fuck you, and you like if you fucked them, <laughs> you lost. <laughs> You're they're like always in a hot tub. <laughs> this is turning that concept on its head because in in our show you'll be punished for not being horny. Yeah, you have That's to maintain. True. I mean, it's like an endurance game where you have to. It doesn't yeah. matter. You're not like punished for having sex or for releasing, right. but you just have to maintain, you have to plan ahead and maintain a consistent level of horniness. And if you go under a certain threshold, you will be voted off. Do you think somebody like, um, you know, like deep in the game, someone's doing really, really well. And then like, like in Survivor, like someone searches their bags and finds a bunch of Viagra and exactly. they're like, we have to get rid of him. <laughs> He's cheating. <laughs> He's not really that horny. <laughs> He's just presenting hard. But internally, I know he's not horny. Wow. It's something oh to think about, for sure. That yeah. is certainly something to think about. <laughs> I think TV is such a beautiful medium. Um, it's so nice that we can express ourselves. It's a great way for storytelling. Um, I like how long every story is on TV. Yeah. But it's, it's seasons. Yeah. Because yeah. some stories yeah. are short, but on TV they're long. Which I think is so cool. It's so, it, this is so boring, but it is so funny that people are like, ugh, a movie, that's so long. And it's like, no, the story is done in two hours. Literally. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> like, that's, you get the whole thing. It's like actually quite short compared to how we like to consume now like 18 hour stories that aren't even done after 18 hours. No, so like, tune in next done. year, the story continues. <laughs> What I think about the fact that they just like they did literally just figure out TV in like the 70s through the 90s. It was like half hour episodes for comedy, like hour long yeah. episodes for drama. And you tuned in every week and you saw it and nothing was wrong with it. Everyone liked it. Yeah. And then suddenly people were like, we have to reinvent this again and again yeah. and again. Yeah. And actually everything needs to be like an hour and a half long. And each of them needs to be a different auteur and nothing gets resolved. And right. it is based on an article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
TV's over. We've said it once. We've said it a million times. TV is literally could not be more over. Yeah. <laughs> it had its it had its time. Yeah. Yeah. Did it? <laughs> did it? God, I missed the 90s. God. Yeah, it had its time. The 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> Look it up, children. <laughs> <laughs> it's an indie show from the 90s. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think we've covered a lot in this episode. We've shown that once again, straight culture and gay culture are very different. And we never have, the two shall meet. Never the two shall never, meet. Yeah. And we have shown that TV is dead, but could be saved mm-hmm. by a little show called uh, Edging Island. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Oh, Edging Island, of course. Okay. It should be. You're, okay. It's 
Edging Island, but everyone on it is in, like based on a character from Seinfeld. So, it- <laughs> <laughs> but only the four main. But like again and again and again. I think you could even, uh, yeah, exactly. Or you could even expand it to just like everyone has to come and stay in character as a pop culture figure. So it's just all gay guys, all gay BFA graduates, and they come, and one of them is Valerie Cherish. Like one of them is. Uh, you know, Karen Walker, a housewife, a housewife, yeah. Luann Deliceps. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. great because I can see people being like, well, why would I ever apply to be on the show? And it's like, well, because one, you get to be horny for eight weeks straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And second of all, one word exposure, <laughs> exposure, sweetheart. You get to show off your acting chops while being horny. Yeah. It's like snatch game for eight weeks. <laughs> It's yeah, it's snatch game meets uh, uh, pornography, essentially. Quite, quite frankly, I also love thinking that there's not enough to the show. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. have you know a a blowjob challenge. <laughs> They're like, we need something else. A hook, of course. Yeah, yeah. You're pitching it. You're pitching it to the Bruce, and you're like, okay, so it's like a school shooter, but with cocks and blowjobs. <laughs> Completely uncensored. The cocks are out. Everyone's coming everywhere. And the theme is school shooter. And the, and the person's like, hold on. Didn't they do that in Cheers? We need one more thing. And someone's dressed as, they're dressed as Reba McIntyre. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I think it's, I think it's there. I think it's there it's really for close. sure. It's close. Yeah. No, I mean, it really, and, and I'd say, I know initially this this was sort of a joke to have them in character, but it will add so much when <laughs> oh, these I'm not, people- I'm not joking. <laughs> when, these, when these people are doing challenges where they have to remain hard for as long as possible. As Paula Deen. They're dressed as Dwight Barton. I mean, as Paula Deen. Uh, no, this is so layered. I think this could, I mean, I think this will actually like come back around and be like a show yeah. that like kind of changes the landscape. Gets a lot of awards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, can I say one thing to circle back to something we said about gay performers versus gay audience members? Like mm. the tension inherently lies in not being able to sexualize it, the level to which you are able to sexualize the person that is on stage. If you sexualize them too much, you can't take them seriously as a performer. If you don't sexualize them enough, then they're dehumanized. So this solves that by by being explicitly sexual. There is mm-hmm. full-on penetration on screen while people are doing a character. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Exactly. Wow. That's why when I do when I do stand up, I wear a really short skirt. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, like they can laugh at all my amazing jokes, and then they can sexualize me because my my cheeks are hanging out. Yeah, and that that yeah. horse cock is falling beneath the skirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's so short, your cock is literally showing underneath. Yeah. Correct. By a lot. Yeah, by a lot. <laughs> yeah. Every time you perform, it doesn't even cover my pubic hair. It's like that <laughs> short. Time you perform. It's more of a belt, really. <laughs> it's a belt. <laughs> you could say you're bottomless. <laughs> yeah, it's just a pretty belt. <laughs> it's just a really, really pretty belt. I mean, I don't know what else well, to say. Should we do our final segment? I guess I'm having so much fun. I know. Aww. I wish we could have a cocktail. We're being so nasty today. We are being real. There's always time for a cocktail. <laughs> That's what I was gonna do. Wait, did you know? And this is totally fine, but I think it's so. I I, I celebrate her life choices. But Mrs. Kasha Davis is um now sober 
That's her catchphrase. Oh, oh so she can't. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> There's always time for a mocktail. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, that could be a huge, uh, you know, advertising campaign for her or something. Yeah, actually. Oh, wow. That'd be huge for her. I just think it's really funny. When we had Bob the Drag Queen on, she showed us this video that's like, uh, Kasha Davis has this song where the lyrics are like, kill yourself with love and kindness or something. But she pauses after kill yourself. <laughs> so if you take out that clip, it's just her saying, kill yourself. <laughs> That's great. Kill yourself. <laughs> <sighs> wow. So Aaron, what's the rest of your day like? Just give the listeners a peek into yeah. a day of Aaron Jackson, comedy star. What I mean, I have actually a, a really a, like easy breezy day which is kind of fun so i don't i don't really know what i'm gonna do mm. i've been very very social lately that we're recording this in the month of february which is usually mm-hmm. a time of um hibernation yeah but i the weather in new york has been quite warm unseasonably warm for february so i would say i don't know why but the past couple of weeks i feel as almost as though i have like as busy as summer socializing which i do think is too much socializing but i like to do it in the summer totally but i'm like I can't keep this up through spring and summer because this is usually the time where you recharge. Yeah. Hibernate. Hibernate. It's really true. That is really true. And and not to, again, not to sort of talk about the weather, but it is like, it really throws off the balance of things. Yeah. And I'll still go out, of course, when it's cold for like, whatever, somebody's birthday or something like that. But it does feel like every night I'm like, oh, well, I'm doing something. I have a plan. Mm-hmm. I'm going somewhere. I'm seeing friends. I'm meeting friends. I'm making connections. I'm having an amazing time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's why yes. she has longevity. Because she's out there that. networking. She's rubbing shoulders. She is getting in with people who are movers and shakers around New York City, no Connecting less. Connecting the dots. <laughs> Burrow by burrow. And then you know what? When they have a big movie out, they say, oh, that Aaron Jackson was amazing at that cocktail hour. Well, oh my God, she has to star in my film. She simply has to star in my film. The most scintillating conversation over martinis. Who was that elusive girl? <laughs> Who was it that was pitching Edging Island? <laughs> Who was that elusive girl whose cock was swinging out of her little skirt? <laughs> skirt belt. Stop talking to me about Edging Island. Who is that comedian whose cock was swinging (laughs) under her skirt who was pitching Edging Island in the middle of February? In the middle of February. From bar to bar, always holding a cocktail. I want them to star in my August Osage County remake. I'm working on a play. It's about family, at dinner no less, and she must star. (laughs) She must star. I'll have no one else. In fact, what are you doing? She's every character. Well, I'm having... George has a plan. I'm going to hit the gym. And then... Yeah, of course. I'm going to go to... I think I might go bowling, actually. Cute. Where? I'm sorry. Sam, excuse me? (laughs) I went bowling a couple months ago. Sam, George, please tell the listeners and Aaron... Do you hate bowling? Contextualize my reaction. Just don't... Aaron... Sam, please contextualize my reaction. George texted me yesterday saying, I want to go bowling. (laughs) And then now you're like, good idea. 
That's manipulative. And you're going without me? My brother suggested it. That's this is why you're gonna be so good on edging island. You're creating drama. I cannot believe. Like the idea that I, te- I I've never talked about bowling in my entire life. And yesterday I was I had an urge. I was like, you know, I was like, this sounds crazy. And I texted Sam. I was like, okay, this is gonna sound insane, but I sort of am in the mood to go bowling sometime soon. And Sam yeah. was like, ha ha. Uh, no, yeah. I said let's do it and let's make a Patreon episode about it. <laughs> Mon- that's a capitalist right there. Baby. Yeah, and then he said that way we can expense it. So that was actually smart. <laughs> <laughs> and bowling is expensive in this town. I'll tell you that. In this town, I mean yeah. the real well, estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah because, because you can't find a real bowling place. It's all like ironic performance art. It's like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. you know, you go there and there's a photo booth and you have to hold a sign that's like, I love bowling, question mark. <laughs> JK. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> JK. You have to hold a sign that says this is a joke. <laughs> wow. I, I, I was at a bowling alley in Williamsburg, I think, and like I just wanted a pitcher. I feel like when you bowl, you get like a pitcher of shitty beer. Yeah. The gutter? Yeah, maybe the yeah. gutter. And they only had like nice beer, which is oh. lovely when you just want a cup. But I'm like, I need like Modelo in this thing. Yeah. Like, I don't, you I need Modelo. Want, like, good old bowling beer. I don't need yeah. like a, a, you know, a sour. No, God, no. No, I don't need I don't need a flight. No. Uh-uh, honey. Big old picture of something bad. What are you doing tonight? Not bowling. Well, I am, in fact, attending uh, Natalie Rotter-Lightman's solo show at Union Hall. Oh, supporting oh. the arts. As a friend and colleague, I'm supporting the arts. And yes, I'm getting in for free, but my butt is going to be on one of those chairs. George. Hello. And you're, you got that, that loud laugh. Uh-huh. And I got that loud, that loud butt. That, that sort of my butt cheeks clap, clap, clap on the yes. chair. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Well, that'll be <laughs> so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited. So. And then I might be getting a drink with Allison Libby. Mm. So I'm supporting uh. the arts and I'm supporting uh, artists outside of the arts, in fact. That's Al- true. Allison Libby is one of the most fun people in the world to shit it's talk true. with. <laughs> she, oh, my God. She is an insane shit talker. It is it is Guggenheim level shit talk. Wow. I love it. I, yeah, I'm you're like, going, yeah. wow. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, like, you are going up that spiral Guggenheim staircase. You're going down that Guggenheim staircase. Yeah, yeah. She is, I would say, a sort of a uh, master of the craft. A master of the craft, and I would almost say, in her own way, a Fran Lebowitz type. Completely. You know, she's sort of. She also, much like Fran, has a has a sort of classic look. She always wears yes. a sort of perfectly perfectly fitted high-waisted jean uh-huh. and uh, an expensive cardigan or, or, or sweater yes. or something. And then the the glasses, the hair is beautiful. Yeah. And like Fran Leibowitz, it's like has a, it's like always has an incisive point. Yeah. So even about something that you think is like, oh, I really like flowers. She's like, well. <laughs> yeah. and, like, and I love it. Wow. <laughs> really? Well, wow. I mean, that was... I love that. This is a new segment, actually. It's called What Are You Doing Tonight? It's called What Are You Doing Later? Yeah. <laughs> what Are You Doing Later? What's up tonight? <laughs> oh, I actually sort of like that as a segment. There's actually yeah. something to it because I think, you know, it, it lets people in, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to get bring us back down to earth after doing a full pitch deck for Edging Island. <laughs> yeah. That's what this whole hour and a half was. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, Sam, would you like to introduce our final segment? I would. Aaron, our final segment is called Shoutouts. And in this, mm. uh, we pay homage to the grand straight tradition of the radio shoutout. And we just shout out to anything that we are enjoying. Imagine it's 2001. You're at TRL at Times Square shouting out to your squad back home. But about anything that you like. And I have one that's actually based on my shout out from last week. Oh, uh, uh, a sequel. Kick us off. Wow. I have a sequel. Well, yeah. it's all about existing IP these days. Hello. It's all about existing IP, and it'll be so important so that people will now be like, well, I can't listen to this episode until I listen to the previous episode. Mm. So obviously Smart. our mm-hmm. numbers are going up from that. Yeah. By the way, previous episode with Emmy Blotnick, literally one of the best episodes we have ever recorded. And if you haven't listened to it, in the words of our peers, seek treatment. Ah! <laughs> in the words of our peers, lost culturistas, kid. <laughs> And in the words of our peers, live from New York, it's Saturday night. <laughs> Woo! Wow, that Woo! was good. And in the words of Miss Kasha Davis, kill yourself. <laughs> um, okay, here I go. What's up, everybody? From the freaks to the pervs to the losers, I want to give a huge shout out to the song I Believe by Caroline Polachek. Mm. Ooh, baby, if you know me, you know I've been in a musical slump. And yes, we already talked about Caroline Polachek last week, but the album is out. And today I was walking from the train after a delightful little lunch with a dear friend. And I Believe by Caroline Polachek came on my damn phone. And I was like, I'm in heaven. I listened to that song and it was as as if I was hearing stupid love for the first time way back when. It was as if I was hearing those er, those Charlie XCX songs from Crash that were making me feel so excited. I heard I Believe and I said, I feel spring, I feel summer, I feel the future, I feel brightness, I feel light, I feel joy. And I said, I can't wait to fucking see people again and be fun. And I can't wait for leaves to appear on the trees. Time is moving, we are growing, we are changing, and music is back. And yes, I've listened to the Kalela album now and I like it and i'm listening to other stuff i'm seeing i'm feeling joy once again we have found it girls we have found it drill baby drill we have found oil it is new music Woo! Woo! wow Woo! wow that's really good um you know i actually did we actually introduce what the segment is yeah oh I said, yeah. yeah i said it's shoutouts oh. and then Imagine it's 2001, it's TRL, and you are there yeah, at Times yeah, Square. Aaron, please don't mock me. Wow, did I dissociate? I think I, I think I, not to overuse a cliche term, I think I dissociated. I think I'm in a K-hole. I think I'm in a K-hole. <laughs> All the K I've been doing during the recording of this episode is finally hitting. You were like, I wish we had a cocktail. I, I, I yeah. some K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow, I'm sorry to accuse you, Sam, of not introducing the segment. I, I really... It's okay. Sometimes the K hits. Yeah. Yeah, that feeling that when feeling the K hits. Where, that feeling yeah. when the K hits. Um, you know, actually, mine is also music-related. Oh, my God. Love that. Um, okay. <clears throat> What's up, girls, guys, gays, lesbians, everybody under the LGBTQ plus umbrella, and even outside of it? I want to give a shout out to. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to the album. So inclusive. The album "Live Through This" by Hole. This, oh. what this is an album I discovered probably when I was you know twelve, thirteen, whatever. I would say come back to it approximately once every three months. 
And, but recently, and each time, by the way, it is more powerful. Each time I say with more gusto, Courtney Love is the most important musician of our time. She is more talented than Kurt Cobain. She is more talented than anyone who has ever picked up a guitar. And she is a better songwriter than anyone working today. And Live Through This is a perfect album from the first note to the last note. It is a series of perfect songs. It is a series of perfect lyrics, perfect sentences, and perfect... Uh, uh, perfect. Every single person is doing exactly what they need to be doing. That has never happened before or after. And I recently sort of got back into the spirit of things because Courtney herself posted an episode of a podcast called 60 Songs That Explain the 90s. And this specific episode was about the song Doll Parts on Live Through This. And then I sort of got to listening to it again, listening to it again. And I, it is, it gives me life, it gives me joy, it makes me believe in art again, it makes me believe in music again, and it makes me believe in women! Woo! <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Wow. It's so nice to have faith restored in women. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, amazing. As people know, I haven't, I haven't sort of believed in or respected women in many years. Many yeah. years, that's sort of your yeah. whole act. Yeah, 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 it's a deeply. It's weird. It's weird that you bombed the other night. Like, yeah, people love that. Yeah. <laughs> people love that kind of stuff. It was weird. Yeah, it was strange because uh, I was performing in the vagina monologues, and my whole set yeah. was about how I hate women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was so jealous when you got to open for the vagina monologues. I yeah, like, Damn. yeah. You know, they usually don't have an opener. It's just a series of monologues. But this right. time, they thought they they wanted to stand up. They wanted to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like instead of opening stand-up shows with like another stand-up, we should invite people to put on like ten-minute plays. Oh, I would love yeah. that to warm the crowd up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. with monologue yeah. potentially. Um, yeah, but just a one-act play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you know, maybe about a dinner party. Hello, That's true. Now At least the appetizer good. course. Come on, <laughs> yeah. You better come to that rest. You better come to a dinner party. Hope that you get an app. Not like don't be a grouch like at a fancy. If restaurant. you're not getting an app. You're not doing drag. You're not doing drag. Aaron, whenever you are ready, go ahead and hit us with it. Hi, 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 yay. It's Times Square and I'm doing everything for you guys. I love the people of the earth. Um, I'd, like to, oh. I'd like to shout out something that I didn't really know about. Well, I guess I knew about, but I hadn't really enjoyed thoroughly. Um, people making um, YouTube... Grandma. People editing whole seasons of reality television on YouTube into shorter chunks, like editing a whole season of a show into three hours instead of the however many. I just watched season one of Australian Survivor in three hours and it's 28 episodes, but they just edited it down into exactly everything you needed to know because someone told me it was good. I really like the American Survivor. They're like, this is better. And I was like, I can't watch a whole fucking season of reality TV. That makes me sick. Someone just edited it down to the size of a long movie and I really appreciated it and thought it was fun and a good way to consume reality TV, which you shouldn't even be consuming anyway. So why not faster? I appreciated it. I liked it. I thought that was a lot of work. Somebody sifted through this whole season of TV and made it short. So anyway, good for that person. And I realized they've done it with things like Big Brother and many other shows, which are too intimidating to me to start. And I think maybe now I will consume them in this really weird way. Wow. 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 So it didn't lose any of its like... 
I'm um, sure it did, but I didn't know. <laughs> he wouldn't know. <laughs> wow. Well, I love that. Like sometimes it would truly just be like, um, you know, you'd be dealing with something that ended up being like kind of important to the story. And then it would just suddenly be like, oh, uh, and then whatever, Sam's voted out. And you would like learn nothing about it. But it was like, oh, I guess Sam didn't like really matter to the narrative. And then it would go on to the, the like the next episode or something. Wow. Wow. But it was like, it was kind of fun. Well, I love that. I, I didn't know people wow. were doing that. That's great. I actually, I didn't know people were doing that either. Thank you for raising awareness. Thank yeah. you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. They should do that for, uh, uh, let me tell you something, most streaming shows. Oh, uh, truly. That, Say again, like that. almost every TV show, at the end of it, ask yourself, would that have been better as a movie? And almost always the answer is yes. Yeah. Well, first ask yourself, would that have been better if it didn't exist? Well, yes, blank. yes, yes. <laughs> Straight up. That, of course. That, of course. Wow. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, well, Slay, thanks, Aaron, for doing our podcast again. It was such an honor and a thrill to have you back. Thanks for having me. Did I do the first one? Was that like right before COVID? You did like one of the, yes. It was right before COVID. One of the famous first six, I want to say, episodes that we recorded in bulk before COVID in yeah. a studio that we then started releasing in March or April of 2020. Because I do feel like it was pre-COVID, but when we were there talking, it was like, this COVID thing's going to be a big deal, right? Like, it was like that close to that era, I feel. Yeah. Those episodes, no. I'm like afraid to listen to them. Oh, I one, would I, never. I know I said like dumb shit. I also know I literally was probably like, yeah, COVID's not going to happen. Like, it's not oh, real. Yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Anyway, well, thanks for having me back. You two are delightful. It was a dream. We can't wait to have you back a third time. Wow. Yeah. Hat trick. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow. (laughs) Hope you're free. It's giving hat trick. It's giving hat trick fish. (laughs) It's giving hat trick fish. Fish. Stupid. Uh, All right. Um, Well. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye forever. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.